Welcome to the Dog Training Audio Experience Podcast. This is the podcast where you're going to get a lot of value when it comes to learning more about dog training, dog behavior, and beyond. I'm your host, Erica Gonzalez. I'm a certified dog trainer and behavior consultant and the founder of From Dusk Till Dog. Real quick, before we jump into the podcast, today's episode is brought to you by Pufford. As a dog trainer, I use and recommend training treats quite a lot, and some of our favorites are the freeze-dried training treats from Pupford. They are not only high value, but they're also low calorie and limited ingredient. And if you put them on auto ship, you actually save 15% off. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we will be discussing how using positive methods can help us empathize with our dogs when they have errors in training and how we can use it to communicate more clearly with them, but also the impact that positive methods can have on our relationships outside of those than with our dogs. And here to talk about this topic with me is San Choi. He's a Karen Pryor Academy certified dog trainer and owner of Rough Roll Academy located in, Ar- in Arcadia, California. Welcome San to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Erica. It's a pleasure and it's an honor and privilege. Oh, I'm so, so happy. I'm so happy that we landed on this topic today. And I'm just excited to talk about how we can use positive methods outside of just what we think of with dog training. And obviously we're gonna touch on that, but there's so many applications for it. So I'm excited to chat through it. So thank you. Um, yeah, I love yeah. this topic. It's, it's something that's near and dear to my heart and something that dog training has really helped me out as a person. So I think this is so important to, to talk more about. That's such a good point because I, I too feel like because what I know in dog training and using positive reinforcement with my dogs and with clients' dogs and so on, it has helped me in my other relationships, my friendships, like outside of dog training. So that's a really good point. I definitely feel you on that. Okay, so jumping into the first question, I want to touch on the fact that as certified professional trainers who use positive methods, our goal is to focus on rewarding the dog for desired behavior and capturing good behavior and good choices that the dogs make. But people oftentimes ask me, well, what do I do when my dog does something wrong, quote unquote, wrong, or something we don't like so much? So what would your answer be to that? And do you feel that empathy plays a role there at all? Yeah, I thank you for asking this question. This is such an important topic and yeah. great question. And empathy is probably the core to us being successful with our dogs. Yes. And sometimes when we talk about empathy, we're understanding what's happening through our our dog's perspective of, of what's happening. Right. And right. so when this is happening we have to consider whatever is happening in within us internally. If we're feeling upset and discomfort, we have that little bit of a tingle that's letting us know that, gosh, that's really, really annoying. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's so true. I feel like we tend to take it personal sometimes. You know, I feel yeah. like sometimes we take our dog's behavior very personally as pet parents which I understand, like you said, we all have been there at some level, but I feel like making note like you are about like not taking it personal is, is key. We need to kind of be more observers in that moment and not taking it as personal as we might in those moments, right? 
Yeah, that's such a great way to put it. And it and it really helps us to put ourselves out of our own shoes mm-hmm. to see things in a third third person perspective. Right. Like from their from their point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just so important because what I realized from doing positive reinforcement and, and training animals, mm-hmm. when we're able to step away, just like you said, we can be observers. We can really take a note of what is actually really happening aside from what we're feeling inside. And when that happens, this is how we'll be able to take note of those things that we dislike as information for us to set up the next appropriate way to make a great learning experience between myself and my dog. That's so true because I always say, hey, behavior's information, like you just said. Right. So we need to say, okay, why is my dog doing that? And what do I need to do? So taking that in as info and saying, okay, what do I need to do to make this better, to prevent it, to maybe use better management, things like that, to help set the dog up to succeed. So I think that's important. And I think empathy is, I love that you said that's kind of like the, the basis of all dog training, right? Is kind of viewing things from our dog's view, perspective and from their point of view and Empathy is so big in my life in general, and definitely with dogs, I feel like I'm always trying to help my clients and help my audience go to that empathetic place so that we can better help them and in turn help ourselves because our dogs are going to be doing a better job overall. Absolutely. And at the core of empathy, we, we start to understand that us as people and our, our companions as dogs are just so different. We, we oh, don't yeah. speak the same language and it's hard to understand exactly what is going on. So if we can take True. a look at how they're feeling and, and maybe they might not be understanding how we feel, that really helps us to understand what can I do to help them? Mm-hmm. In most cases, and when our dogs are doing something we dislike, they, they probably just don't know what, how we're feeling and what would we like, or they would, uh, we would like for them to do. Yeah. I feel like most, uh, this is a good point too, to, to go off of that is expectations. I always say, and I've probably said this on, on another episode already, but it's worth repeating. I always say we should have very low expectations on the dog and very high expectations on ourselves. And I like bringing that up whenever possible, because I think a lot of times, not purposefully, but people tend to have very high expectations on their dog and not so high expectations on themselves. Like it's, it's the other way. And I think that can lead to a lot of disappointment and frustration and all of that. And it's not that that's the only recipe for success. And now your dog's going to be great, but you know, there is training and all of that. But I think just viewing it through that lens can help us you know, psychologically help the humans feel a little bit better overall. So high expectations on, on us as the people and the pet parents and the, the people who are guiding the dog and the dog is the learner and just starting to understand these things perhaps. And we should have politely low expectations on them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when, as new parents uh, getting into dog training, maybe it's been a while or it's your first time. Yeah. And, you're, and maybe it's a, it's a dog that you, that is a puppy and they just, they just came into this world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new things that are happening. 
And it's so important for us to take a step back to really soak all that in and just enjoy the process of us going through the experiences with our dogs. And that's, yeah. that's one reason why we have them. So I think when we focus more on that and instead of the expectations, like what you, you spoke of, mm-hmm. that really helps us take us out of that realm. And if by doing that, we can just be more content on where we are and where we're going to. Yeah, like kind of meeting the dog where they're at. And, and in, I love that, enjoying the process because it is a process. We're learning, they're learning as, as you know, pet parents. We're all kind of figuring it out, especially like you said, if it's a new dog or they just rescued a dog or it's their first puppy or it's their first dog since they were a kid. I have a lot of clients, it's like their first dog as an adult. So they, they only remember fond memories of when they were a kid and everyone's memories of their childhood dog is different than when you're an adult and you're getting a new dog, um, at least in my experience. So yeah, it's all about the relationship. So I also wanna say to those listening, dog training is yes, dog training is dog training, but at the core of it with the empathy thing, it's also dog training is really relationship building. It's, it's not this like you got to do it because they said so type of dynamic. And although we want our dogs to listen to us and, and do these things for safety and just navigating our human world. But if you view it more as a relationship, as we do for everything else we're about to get into with other relationships, but, you know, it, it is you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So I think that's really, really great to make note of that relationship part in the journey of it. Um, but with that, I wanted to ask you, San, as pet parents, what are some ways that, that we can better set our dogs up for success? So, you know, if the dog is doing things we don't like so much and, and maybe they are making errors in the training, what are some things people can do to still keep it positive, but set their dogs up for success so we're not getting frustrated or, or disappointed with our dog's actions? What are some things you would say are good to think about or that you would recommend there yeah i love this one it just kind of goes off from what we were talking about mm-hmm. from just really enjoying that moment and sometimes <clears throat> when we're not having fun with our dogs it, it's hard for us to really see why what's the point of training and and why are we doing this mm-hmm. so my my biggest hint and my my biggest advice is just to make the training fun and make it easy yeah because we want to start there and then once we can start there we can start getting more or more better so having mm-hmm. those low expectations is so important and just making sure that if the training is not easy enough for you to see success and and if it's not fun enough for you to want to do more of this and feel like you're having the best time in the world with your dog at that current moment mm-hmm you have all of the freedoms to make it stop. And yeah. that's what my my mentor, Nan Arthur, has taught me. And a mantra that I live with outside of dog training in every facet of my life. So I can just enjoy myself as much as I can, right? Oh, that's so, I love that, right? Because there's so much going on in general in life and especially now with everything. And we do need to pull that joy out of whatever we can and focus on that because that's what's going to help us all succeed. So I think that's really good point. And I think too, that something I know that as trainers, we just are harping on this all the time. In addition to that, I think just again, bringing up management, because I know with a lot of people I've worked with, 
I don't think people think of this at the forefront. So, you know, I, I feel like sometimes we're kind of letting the dog have access to things or, or setting them up to be able to perform behaviors we don't like. And then we're mad when they perform the behaviors. And I'm like, we need to stop the rehearsal of said behavior. So, you know, as an example, for those listening, you know, if your dog jumps on guests, the last thing we want to do is do the same thing we've been doing, which is the person knocks on the door, the dog's free roaming in the house, we go to the door, the dog goes to the door, and then we have jumping. Um, so we need to really make sure that, so management would be as easy as putting your dog in another room if they can handle that while you answer the door, putting them on a leash away, having somebody hold them on a leash, maybe with some treats to keep them happy at a distance from the door or putting them behind a gate so they can't reach the person. But we need to shut down the opportunity there before we get into all the training. So a really easy way to set your dog up to succeed is, is to use management as well. But I loved what you touched on, San, of setting uh, in terms of setting them up for success is making it easy. So I think sometimes we're putting too much on the dog. So back to jumping, the dog just learned maybe three sessions ago how to go on their bed and we're already using it, like thinking the dog's gonna be able to go stay on the bed while we answer the door and Aunt Sally's coming in with her three kids and we're all saying hi and the dog's gonna stay there for five minutes while we do that, like that's too hard. So I think that's a really good point of just, we need to do, we need the learner, the student to have two plus two equals four before we're doing calculus or algebra, which is the level that most people kind of jump to by accident. So I think thinking of it that way, that's gonna be helpful for people so that they're not jumping ahead too quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think management is, is always gonna be the foundation to any training plan. And absolutely. with management, sorry, and with management, it's really a, a way to make it easy enough for you and your dog. And exactly. so we can, gradually take off the training wheels and do more of the more difficult parts of, of, of making a, making sure that that downstay on, on the mat is really reliable. Right. But let's, let's focus on it now. And then mm -hmm. as we can progress, we can always make it so easy for us that we are unable to fail. And management is the perfect way to start things off. Yeah. I, I love that you said that because management is truly the beginning step when your dog's doing anything that you want to try to change or get rid of or whatever it is that's that's that you're wanting to adjust we need that management and by the way i just want to i have a confession i still as a professional dog trainer use management all of the time so I think management is just kind of also, or we're raising our hands for those listening just on audio. Um, yeah, like it's dog trainers know this, you know, how many dog trainers do we know that have window privacy film on their windows because their dogs bark out the window all day long? I know several. Um, you know, I use a gate all the time to put my dogs behind it if I need a break <laughs> or I'm working on them being alone for a little while because I'm home working from home a lot. And so, you know, it, I, we use it all the time as well. So 
don't feel bad or feel like you've lost if you're using a gate or you're using, you know, a crate or a playpen or you have to put your dog away. It's normal. We just have to make these adjustments to help our dogs. And that's just kind of what living with a dog is like at some degree, depending on their personality. So I did want to make that confession really quickly. <laughs> so yeah, good. Um, on that note, is there any time where you would punish a dog's error? Juicy question. I wanted your take on this so we can help those because I've also been asked this as well. So would there ever be a time you would punish a dog's error? And the short answer to this is, is a really resounding no. And, and why that is, is mm -hmm. because when our dogs are doing something that we dislike, most of the times they, they, they just don't know in that context that that is the wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. Right and wrong is something that uh, we've created in our heads in our, in our reality. It's a human and construct. So, yeah, it, it is. And, and our dogs have their own construct of how they perceive the world. Exactly. And so when, when those things happen, it's just important to, to realize that they don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. if we give them a correction or, or no, or scold them or pull them away or jerk them on a leash, mm -hmm. we just make that situation that much more unpleasant. And what I like to always say is our dogs in, in those moments, in those trying moments for, between us and our dogs, they, they don't need the correction, but they need our help. And sometimes the way we can help them is making sure that they don't have a negative experience or they don't have a situation where they, they feel bad from, from just being around us because we're yelling at them or, or we're jerking their leash. So I'd say when, when errors do come about, I, I try to, well, I don't punish myself, but I, I really critically look at what I'm doing and also what's happening in the environment. Mm -hmm. And I just want to have my own guilty confession that's, there are those times and those accidents happen in our, in our lives where yeah. that dog from, from the corner just, just comes out. And, mm -hmm. and as we're walking down the street, the neighbor decides to uh, open their dog, the, the door and then the dog just rush outside. Lovely. So, I love those situations. Not, <laughs> they're horrible situations when that happens. Yeah. yeah. And, and it can send us over threshold as, as parents yeah. because we're worried about our dogs and we're worried about ourselves. So mm -hmm. there are times that we go overboard I've gone overboard where I just wasn't in the right place to to give my dogs the right information or to give that other person that that did something that was a little bit inappropriate where right. I did yell at, at not directly at the dog but directly yelling at um most likely the person. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I've been there too. I've been over threshold with off-leash dogs. That definitely sends me overboard. Um, yeah. because, you know, we, I think this is important too. And I just, me and Brie were talking about this on the previous episode, everyone's reactive, quote unquote, reactive. We all have, we're all reacting to things all the time. And so are dogs. Um, and you know, it, sometimes we get over thresholds. Sometimes those reactions are really not there. Sometimes they're positive reactions, negative reactions over threshold, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit too, like I've been over threshold before, but it's again in those safety kind of dangerous situations because at that point I become like, you know, mama bear over my dogs and I'm like, excuse me, you know, my dogs are here and I have to protect them. Who else do they have but us? 
So I, I do like that, you know, I did want to touch on this that you said, you know, we don't need to, the short answer to this question about do we punish a dog's error is no. And so I do want to say this because I, I think this will help people. The, when your dog does something you don't like or, or makes an error in training, the way to approach it is one of the following. Like we touched on a lot of these, but I kind of like to sum it up so people can really resonate with it and remember it. You're either taking that as information to say, hey, the next time we're going to be exposed to this or that this may happen, I'm going to set up proper management so that my dog can't do it or won't, won't be subjected to it. Or you can use redirection. So try to talk to your dog, use food, use a toy, you know, something like that to redirect their attention, redirect the situation. Um, I think also avoidance is good. So if you, you know, want to avoid future situations like that altogether, that might be an option depending on what the dog's doing. And also I say this too, sometimes there's a thing that I've, you know, probably stole this from somewhere. I don't remember where now, but kind consequences. So there could be consequences to things. So as an example, back to the jumping example to keep a running theme, if your dog does for whatever reason start jumping on the guest again, a very gentle just, hey, let's go and removal away from the person behind the gate now or you know into the other room or hey, let's go Absolutely. over here. That's still quote unquote, I, I guess technically it could be considered punishment because now we've removed them from the thing they want, which is the guest. But I think the word, you know, when we're talking about it the way we just did, it's viewed as, you know, we don't want to harm the dog or intimidate them or cause stress, like you said, on top of a potentially stressful situation, or even accidentally the dog's excited and now we're yelling at them and now we can make that situation negative when it was positive. Um, so I, I think just sometimes you can have kind consequences. We don't want the dog just jumping all over everybody. So we have to do something in those moments, but it's a, it's a consequence, but it's done kindly. And in a way that again, lets the dog know, okay, we're not going to keep jumping on Sally right now. We're going to go over here. And then next time we'll know better to do better. So just want to touch on that too, to further help that. So, um, San, how can we apply so outside of dog training, we kind of just touched on, you know, management, setting our dogs up for success, viewing it as a journey, it's a relationship, we want to keep it positive and, and use these tactics to help our dogs and help them navigate the world. How would you apply these positive training approaches in our day-to-day -day lives outside of those with our dogs? So other types of relationships or other types of situations. Do you have any examples of how we can apply positive reinforcement to other things besides dog training? Yeah. And I love this question. This is probably my favorite question. <laughs> and usually when we're working with dogs, we learn so much in the context of a training session and those direct skills that we learn in mm -hmm. within the, the bounds of teaching our dogs behavior have right. so much value into bringing life into making our lives that much more happier and more of a better experience, not just for us, but for other people as well. And one thing that I, I started doing more of and started noticing myself do more of is really being very observant of people and how they're responding to certain situations. People um, watching. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in, in the context of 
of, of teaching people skills, what I notice is if there's anything that I find that I, I, I believe that the client or, or the person learning is it doing so well on, and mm -hmm. it's something that uh, I feel like they're maybe even doing better than what I'm doing, or even uh, in, in a certain realm that I would do in the same manner, I, mm -hmm. I take a mental note of that. So I can really bring that to your attention and let people know exactly what they're doing right and what I enjoy. And sometimes by doing this, we can give that learner feedback or, or that, that person that um, is in our everyday lives feedback of what they're doing right and what, um, what you like them to do. And right. sometimes um, most cases with, with relationship building, with, with people and family, they, they do want you, they, they do want to do the things that you want them to do, but it's sometimes yeah. just not as clear. So what a great way to show them that and also make sure that they feel good and have uh, have a, some sort of reinforcement or some, some sort of want to do more of that by mm -hmm. saying, hey, I love the way that you, you took out the trash. Yeah. Here is, here's, here's a trip to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's gonna be a great oh gift. yeah my my step kids would uh would take the trash out every day that's beautiful <laughs> but yeah like using reinforcement right or and by the way even especially for humans who go off of verbal a lot which is uh, you know dogs like our praise and everything but we understand the language so we could talk to each other so even just like a a thank you, a, a pulling aside of that person and saying, hey, I really, really appreciate that you did this. Thank you so much. And giving a hug, you know, or or just calling them out and saying, hey, thanks for that. I think that is even in and of itself very positively reinforcing and you might get more of that behavior. And uh, and I think, you know, Karen Pryor goes over a lot of this in Don't Shoot the Dog. Uh, for those listening, definitely recommend that book as well. So, you know, this is a concept that you can start applying to your family, your kids, your friends, coworkers, you know, if you're, if you have people working for you, your staff. So I think I always use the example, like we've all had a boss in our lives or a coworker, somebody that we were working with that was not nice, that would point out all the crap you would do wrong and, you know, quote unquote, punish your errors and not really praise you for all the good stuff that you're doing, but would definitely bring it up if you made one mistake here and there. And you didn't like going to work. You know, we all feel crappy when that happens. We don't want to be around that person. We're going to avoid them. We're going to not want to do extra for them necessarily. So it, it does diminish the relationship. So I feel like this goes for across the board when it comes to relationships. I want yeah, to highlight I that. Absolutely. And it's, that's so important that you, you touched on the, the relationship part of the aspect, because yeah. when we focus on really being observant, we, we can really give the right information to, to that learner. And sometimes uh, as an employee or, or as a friend or as a family member, we, we want to be there to help. Mm -hmm. And sometimes by getting that information, that's another way for the people that we love to help us more in and then we get the same reinforcement of receiving what we would like them to do so i, th I think it's just a mutual um, beneficial practice just to notice good things of what people are doing mm -hmm. and then just show them that you really appreciate that either just verbally praising them or giving them a, a nice gift or, or yeah. something that they want and i think another point that <clears throat> i learned through dog training is 
to be really cognizant of what that person or even that dog would would want. So it's it's tough because when we are interacting with a person, they they may appreciate uh, gift giving more than than just just having a, a nice verbal and long explanation of what they did right. So oh my God, this is like love languages, basically. It is, it is. It's, <laughs> it's um and 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 knowing a, a, a core understanding of love language or, yeah. or or pretty much are what the, the other person would like, we get to understand how we can provide more of that. Yeah. So they can be more happier and then we can also be in a happier place with them. Yeah, I think that's so key, right? Because um, the love language, we all kind of heard that at some point. It's like gift giving or words of affirmation, which is mine, by the way, words of affirmation. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so that's mine. And like, you know, quality time. Like, So I think we could take those and actually to our dogs as well and say okay what does and it goes back to what you're saying which is we need to kind of reinforce that individual with with what the individual finds reinforcing so it's really particular to that person or that dog or, or that relationship to say you know i might like if you get me a gift but i'd like it much more if i had those those words of praise in a conversation with you um so it, it's all good it's all positive but we really want to find what's going to motivate that that learner that person that we're that we're trying to get more behavior from so i think that's a really good point finding what motivates that individual whether it's a dog a person or whatever relationship it is that's going to be Uh, helpful when you're trying to reinforce behaviors and whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. So we want to be mindful of that. And I do want to give one quick example outside of just reinforcing good stuff. If this is a relationship thing is something I've done. So with my four step kids, when we have a movie night, which is a big deal in our house. Okay. I'm wearing my captain Marvel shirt today. So we're big on movies here. And I didn't know this yet but as i you know sometimes the kids would have their phone in the in the room and you know the bright light would show up there's a reason why at the movie theaters they say you know put the phones away blah 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 but then when you're at home it's kind of more casual but now that we haven't been going to the movies which i miss a lot now our living room has become the local movie theater for us and so i made a rule me and my husband made a rule which was no this is a no phone zone when we're going to watch the new Marvel movie or, you know, whatever's coming on the show, the, the phones have to be on the ledge. They're removed from the room, no phone zone. So instead of waiting for one of them to pull the phone out and me maybe pointing out, I don't like it. Right. Which I wouldn't do, but I don't want to do that, but I don't like it. And neither does my husband. So instead of waiting till that happens and then going, Hey, you put that away. I don't like it. I set up for success. I set them up for success and I say, hey, before you enter here, phones down and we all go in and then that behavior doesn't occur, right? So that's kind of like management being proactive. So I wanted to bring that up. We do that for the dogs and we do that for people too. We can do that for people. So that's how you can be proactive even in some of your human dynamics there. Yeah, and I think it's just another stem from giving that 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 child that that learner whoever it may be uh the information to succeed yes 
that's that's so great and it's it's so funny because you just plug and play management right into your your lives with your with your children so that's yeah another way of just yeah just another way of showing that dog training is just so much uh in common what we do in an everyday life so true so true have you had any experiences you know in your life or clients or friends, family, outside of dog training stuff. Um, have you seen positive methods be effective in, in other relationships you've had or um, in the workplace or any any examples there or anecdotes that you can recall that you've been like, wow, this, this was effective here? Yeah, I'd say it's been such a great dynamic in my family life, uh, specifically, awesome. and this is kind of more of a sensitive topic and I'm more than welcome to share this with, with you and everyone else. Uh, I, I didn't always have the most uh, communal uh, relationship with my mom. So we didn't always mm-hmm. talk when we were uh, when we were younger growing up. Right. And so what positive reinforcement has taught me is really praising and really giving that, that person something that they, they can understand that they're doing right and something that they enjoy mm. or for, for talking more and for showing their feelings more. So right. it's, it's so important for us to, to really have an understanding of how life has been so we mm. can also learn what we can do to move forward to, to make the best out of things and to, to notice the great things that the learner's doing that. I keep saying learner because we're talking about dogs. Well, we're trying but, to kind of shape behavior there. So it's, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's an accurate thing. I mean, it's not like they're a student, but in that moment, you're trying to reinforce behaviors to see more of those behaviors. Yeah. And that makes sense. Sim- and simple things as just praising my mom, letting her know exactly what she, what, what I, what I loved and, and wanted, uh, more of when we were younger in our relationships now so we can start developing that and what I've seen in my own daily lives is me noticing the the better things the the moments that she she talks to me and she Mm -hmm. she really lets me know how she feels and she's doing more of that in a daily basis and it's coming to the point where that that uh, initial reinforcement of just letting her, her know how I feel and mm-hmm. and how uh, she's doing things right naturally she's feeling more comfortable to, to speak out more so that's awesome I, thank you for so, sharing that by the way yeah and the perfect example yeah um, being a dog trainer going through uh, the Karen Pryor Academy has just affected my life in in like in Really, life changing in life changing circumstances. I've, I've developed a more loving relationship with my mom. I understand my dogs that much more clearer and, yeah. and to be better coaches for them. So, if we only learn to train our dogs and that's the end result, I think we're really shortchanging ourselves. But because True. the same concepts we learn from dog training can be applied to every facet in our lives and mm-hmm. just enjoy life more. And that's, that's, so true. that's the, that's the great change for me in, in this uh, short year that I've got my, uh, my credentials. So it's, it's been a wonderful journey. 
I am so happy for you and thank you for sharing all that because I think we can all relate to some type of family. Everyone's got family dynamics going on and me too. And, you know, we're always trying to navigate those and make them better and, and shape them to, to become, you know, maybe a better, have the potential to the next positive step that we want to take. So I, I, I love that. And I think that's so you know, it's heartfelt because I think we all can relate to that. We all have some form or fashion of relationship we'd like to improve upon. And I think even as, you know, uh, sons, daughters, wives, husbands, partners, friends, family members, we all can try to better ourselves and better all of our relationships by using these positive methods and helping shape everyone's behavior to be better and, you know, even our own behavior as well. So, you know, I know I've made some changes in my life to, you know, try to better my family and better everything around me. And yeah, it all comes back to positive reinforcement and using those methods. So I've been very touched by it too, as a trainer and something I, I appreciate human psychology at a whole new level now. Not that I, you know, not that I have expertise or credentials in that area, but behavior is behavior, right? So I think having that understanding with animals, it does work on humans as well. I mean, we're animals to to uh, to an extent ourselves, although we're different, but we're animals too. So you know, we're we're learning and trying to trying to. Um, become better individuals. So I love that you shared that. Thank you. And, you know, I just to quickly recap, I'm so glad that we touched on this because it's going to help people with their dogs, going to help people with their relationships and just how they view behavior and, and, and helping to let others know, you know, what would make things better and bettering themselves and just this whole positive movement with it. Um, so I'm glad that we got to talk about this. I'm super excited to share this with others because I think there's some value here for those listening to just take a step or, or improve upon their relationships in general with their dogs and outside of that. Yeah, that's, I couldn't have put it any better. I, I'm a little bit speechless because that you literally took the words from me out of my mouth. Oh, awesome. Wow, I did good in all of that banter. So thank you. Thanks for the positive reinforcement, the words of affirmation there, San. Um, but yeah, so before we before we sign off, San, can you let those listening know where they can connect with you? Yeah. Um, you can you can email me at uh, san at roughrollacademy.net. Mm -hmm. Or if you're interested in looking at my social media, you can just look up Rough Roll Academy on different platforms such as Facebook and Instagram. Great. And I like to share a gift with all our listeners today because I, I know that we come from a place where we're trying to better ourselves and better where we are with our dogs. So I will have a link in my Instagram bio where it will send you to having uh, access to to hand out a, a pretty much a training plan to teach your dog to to not jump on people and it's just another way for me to notice the great behaviors that pet parents are doing to to better their lives with their, their pets by by giving them more of that resource and just having another way to just just enjoy our time with our dogs that is awesome and i'm very happy i kept using jumping as an example now throughout this episode. <laughs> 
So awesome. I'm glad that they'll have that resource. And, and thank you for sharing that. I'll definitely make sure, you know, that you're tagged here so they can go check that out. And, uh, and thank you. I just want to say before we go, San, thank you so much for coming on and for bringing your knowledge and expertise on this to the table. I just really appreciate being able to chat with you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and privilege and just, just an overall pleasure to be with you. Oh, um, thank you. That means so I much. love what you've done with yourself and your business and what you've done through the dog training community. So it's just does, and I am just so honored to be here today to talk to you and to, to get to know you a little bit more and just to uh, get in touch with some of the people that are listening as well. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I am so emo and almost teared up there. So thank you. Um, this all means so much to me, this community and, and bringing value and being able to do this podcast. And so thank you so much. Uh, that means a, a, a heck of a lot. So I, I really, really appreciate it. And thank you again. It was a pleasure having you on equal, equally a pleasure. So I appreciate it. And for those listening, let's not forget, treat yourself and treat your dogs. Do you want to unlock exclusive dog training content? Want to vote on what type of content I put out next and have monthly live stream Q&As with me? If so, consider supporting us and joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash from dusk till dog. And as they say, that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you found some value in it. And if you did, please consider giving us some positive reinforcement and leave us a review. If you'd like to connect with me online, go ahead and give me a follow at From Dusk Till Dog on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or Facebook, or you can visit our website at FromDuskTillDog.com. And until next time, take care and talk soon.